Hi, thanks so much for tuning in to Mom Boss Chronicles. My name is Jen. This is Sue. And this is Danielle. We are three moms that work together in real estate and are good friends and here to talk to you about fun topics, the good, the bad, the ugly of mom struggles, real estate, and other fun stuff. So make sure to subscribe to listen to more. Welcome back, everyone, to the Mom Boss Chronicles. Today, we have a really special guest. We have Stacy Ross, who is an author of a memoir that's going to be coming out. Your memoir is called Searching for Slippers. Yes. And Stacy has a really great story about raising a child with borderline personality disorder and how it has affected her as a, you know, a mom and a wife. So Stacy, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, thank you for having me. Of course. Well, I guess what prompted you to want to write a memoir? Oh, I'd been threatening to write it for years. <laughs> <laughs> On and off, I'd journal and I'd write stories and things. And then during COVID, actually, when I wasn't working, I started with a writing group through Project Right Now in Red Bank. And I finally got really into it and deep. And when I was offered to come back to work after, I said, no, I think I'm going to do this. That's awesome. So I spent the next year compiling about 170 pages wow. of what I didn't know if it was anything, but mm -hmm. it felt really good. I was like, wow. was it therapeutic to get it all It out? was therapeutic, and it was hard yeah, because yeah. I was going back to some tough times, mm -hmm. and I was trying to be serious about it. And I really didn't know if it would just be a pile of papers that my kids would find one day, oh, yeah. or that if it would turn anywhere. into something. And then I met Jen, a publisher at Inspired Girls Publishing, and she believed in me, and here we are. That's awesome. Yeah, I wrote a children's book called Carter Gets Adopted. Stacy and I are Facebook friends because we had worked together in the past uh, in the real estate world, and she reached out, and she's like, I have a children's book idea, but then when you told me about your memoir, too, I'm like, that sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, and then I, I think when you talked to Jen, the publisher, she was into that also, because your memoir story is definitely, a, I don't want to say unique, but it's something that people don't talk a lot about. Like, Obviously, being a mom is hard, mm -hmm. and then having a child that has a mental, yes. yeah, you know, diagnosis yeah. has got to be really hard to navigate while you're going through it. Yes, my story is not unique. That's what really hit me. Mm -hmm. As we started talking more about what my story was to different outlets and people, the response has been overwhelming. Mm -hmm. I mean, to put it is that people wanted to tell me their stories oh, yeah. and and I just realized they want an outlet totally um, I've joined Facebook a safe groups space, and, right yeah. like yeah yeah it's taboo more than anything right yes. which is very you're sad you're making yourself vulnerable in, in a sense no like, yes yeah, right. you are yeah. you're mm -hmm. the very thing especially as a mom or mm -hmm. a caregiver the very thing it's your job yeah and you feel like you're failing at oh. it very often I know I, so I guess when you were going through it and your child was younger it was it was all hard, right? Like, was that hard? It was very hard, yeah. yes. Yes, Molly uh, at the time started showing signs very early. The time when I really knew that something was off was when she was five years old and I had two-year-old twins at home also. Wow. And I realized it was easier to be with them than her. Wow. And I knew that just didn't make sense. Yeah. And she was displaying odd behavior. It wasn't... You know, you're very careful to say, is this normal? Mm -hmm. Is this just, you know, the presence you get from right. being a mother? Yes. But I knew that something was off. And even as people said to me, oh, she'll grow out of it. Oh, she's okay. It's just, you know. I know. So, like, did you get any support you felt like from teachers or doctors, like, on 
helping you try to figure anything out or were they just dismissing it? You have to really be an advocate. Yeah. 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 Especially at a young age because people are very hesitant to put a label on a child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And things are different. I, when I grew up, you know, labeling a child was so taboo. Mm. Now I believe the quicker you can find a diagnosis right. and find you can get help for them. I know what you mean. Yeah. What yeah. were the signs, like early signs? Oh. Early on, she just so, if you take a five-year-old girl, they like to please. So at kindergarten, they want to please the teacher. They want to be friends. They want to play with the other girls and boys. Molly was not interested in pleasing, and she had still had side-by-side play, which isn't that normal at that time. Mm-hmm. But the strangest thing to me was when she was in daycare still, and I would come to pick her up at the end of the day, and she'd run to me, and then she'd stop and turn around and run away. And it was almost like she didn't know what to do with whatever emotion she was feeling, Mm -hmm. but, you know, it felt bad. Yeah. She didn't want, I felt like she didn't want me, but, yeah. Yeah. That rejection, yeah. But, um, you know, I've come to understand that shifting of emotions, it's they just don't, borderline don't know how to deal with different emotions that come at them. That's hard. So that was a symptom. And, and then there were strange behaviors, like I'd get calls from play dates. Your daughter's sitting in a bathtub, cutting the Barbie's hair off. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no water in the bathtub. And those play dates would be one and done yeah. over and over again. So that was hard. Things. Yeah. So I guess it was hard, too, then for her, was she didn't have a lot of friends? Or was it isolating for you to make mom friends? Uh, we were living in Philadelphia in a, on the main line in a great, great neighborhood. And I had a great support system. So... Molly was invited back to those houses basically because of me. Yeah, those connections. Um, yeah. And luckily, I said this so much early on, she didn't know. She didn't feel she didn't feel the rejection. Um, but you sensed it. So I was racing. I felt like I was racing oh. to figure this out and fix her yeah. before she realized right. it. I know you mean you want as the mom, you're like, I need to protect my daughter. Like, right. Yeah. I need to make sure she doesn't right. feel this. Yes. Yeah. So what were the some of the steps you took initially? Well, her kindergarten teacher called her a free spirit, and I was like, that's, that's not right. That's nice, but that's something's going on. <laughs> yeah. So between kindergarten and first grade, we had her tested, and she came out resoundingly ADHD, which still didn't fit. Aww. But it was something. Yeah. yeah. So I went to the principal of that elementary school who happened to have had a child with similar symptoms and it, it, that was now an adult and she was wonderful and we before the start of first grade we had a 504 put together which is the precursor to an IEP wow and her first grade teacher was wonderful we had accommodations already in place and they had a very nice child study group there so that's awesome yeah so that that worked and that we kind of held things together till about third or fourth grade when she's just started falling behind both academically and not because of intelligence. Molly was so bright, but um, she couldn't do her homework. Homework would be two and three hours oh, for one just sheet. Sit down and I know and focus for those yeah. you know fifteen minute yeah. homeworks they hand you in yeah. kindergarten and first grade. Right. I know so. that's hard. And then obviously you have two other kids and a husband. Yes. And are you, are you working too? That's I was doing whatever I could. I sold stationery at the time. I was writing freelance. I was designing jewelry. Oh. I kind of was like, ooh, so yeah, you know, like open up. <laughs> just trying to, like, yeah. But I, I just, I, um, I gave it up until we moved here. 
Molly was going into sixth grade, and at the same time, I became I I wanted something for myself mm-hmm. by then, and I became a yoga instructor. That's awesome. And I opened a studio. Good for you. But I gave that up Aww. two years later because I felt like a farce. I I was teaching a class on yoga for mental well-being, and I felt like I was barely holding it Aww. together. So um, so, so that. That yeah. went by the wayside. Wow. So during this time, are you getting, like, are you seeking therapy and help? Or are you, like, trying to take care of yourself? Yes. Well, we, we took Molly to therapy for the first time. Well, we, my husband and I went in to meet the therapist, Dr. Norford. He's in the book. He met with us. We talked about all our concerns and our fears. And I must have said a bunch of stuff because at the end he looked at me and he said, she's going to be fine, but I'm worried about you. Um, and I'm so happy he recognized that because right. I feel like yeah. a lot of attention goes to the kids. But what about the mom who's yeah. falling apart inside? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So from then on in, over the years, we've had different therapists. Every Molly's had her own. I've had my own. We've we've even had a family therapist through through social services in Monmouth County, That's awesome. who has become a good friend. Good. Yeah. What was her dynamic like with your other children? It's changed over the years. They were oh those two are are very good. They were always careful to be good. I oh, felt like, yeah. and so I felt bad about that too. Mm-hmm, right. So I I worked very hard to have time alone with them when she was in school, and even like time alone not just with them as a duo because right. mm-hmm. they're twins, right? Yeah. But to bring one that's boy girl Leo yeah. and Emily. Yeah. And then they've gone through times where I remember Emily was went through a time where she was upset that she didn't have a real big sister because she Aww. was really the big sister. Yeah, Leo at times didn't get her, just didn't understand. I One time that stands out that really broke me was there was a lot of yelling going on, trying, Molly's a teenager at this point, and uh, Leo was in bed with his hands over his ears, and he said, why is everyone always yelling? And that Aww. just, oh. yeah, yeah, that was a hard one. But... Now they really were very close, I would say, as a family. The four of us are close as a unit, and we understand that she, while we'd love her to be a part of it, she can't always be a mm-hmm. part of it, and it's okay for us to enjoy our time without her. Well, yeah. So, and um, respecting, I guess, her boundaries, right? Like, yeah, and they have their own boundaries. Yeah. Um, they're very protective of myself and my husband, Aww. and uh, they're more like big sister, big brother to Finn. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And that's what Molly goes by Finn now. Okay, to yeah. that. And I guess it's like having to honor that journey, right, of, yes. you know, their their personality, whatever they're going through, and being a mom and trying to honor your journey and trying to figure everything out and, you know, being that yeah. figurehead for your family. Yes. It's a lot to keep together. It is. One of the best parts was when they both left for school. I used to worry that they'd never want to come home. Oh. <laughs> And um, when they, they went away to college, yes, yeah. when they went away to college, and they love coming home, oh, and I love having them home. Yeah. So it's very nice to see that home is still a safe, yeah. Because your twins are now adults; them. they're twenty-four, and um, you know Finn is an adult also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. now it's, you're in a different journey. You're not you're not raising the kids anymore. Well, they come back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I need my laundry. Yeah. 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 Mom, I'm I'm in between apartments. Yeah. Aww. So I guess this journey for you for motherhood, do you feel like in ways it was like waves of different emotions? Yeah, I felt like that I wasn't really grown up when I became a mother. And that's why the book is really a coming of age story for me. Mm -hmm. 
And I felt like I had an idea in my head of what my life was going to be like, and I was going to, you know, kill myself to make it fit that mold until I just couldn't anymore. And then what? Yeah. So then I had to realize that I couldn't control everything and that what I thought was the ideal doesn't necessarily have to be the ideal. Yeah. And people look at me funny, but the truth is I wouldn't change a thing in my life. Mm-hmm. I love my life. Good. And I, you know, I know what you mean, but you have to like kind of in a way, like I don't want to say grieve, but like let go of the expectations you had. A hundred percent. And doesn't it, as scary as that is, doesn't it feel good once you finally Yeah. It's right. it's almost in some ways sometimes it's laughable, like something will happen now. You know, Finn will call with the crisis, with with what would have been a huge crisis a few years ago. And my husband and I look at each other and we shrug our shoulders and we say, you want to go out for dinner? Oh, like, we just kind of like, just, you try it's not just, to let it internalize adapt. it too much. It's just part of, it's yeah. it's my life. Everyone yeah. has, I've come to understand, everyone has their stuff in yeah, their life. So uh-huh. 100%. Their own journey, their yeah. baggage. And yeah. this is my life. But you had, over the years, through therapy and through, I always just wanted to be happy. I, I felt like, okay. I still deserve to be happy, yes. and so does my family, yes. and, and I didn't want to let that go. So over the years, I built what I refer to as a toolbox Good. of coping skills, and I kind of take different ones out when I need them, and, and I add to them, and some of them I don't use as much. And What are your favorite, I guess, coping skills? Yeah, I was going to ask the same. Um, well, first is the community and the friends that I've built and, and my family. Yeah. And I've come to realize there's an inner circle that I feel like protects me. Yeah. So before I learned how to put down my own boundaries, they kind of became my boundary when no one else could get in. Yeah. But they were the ones that would call right after a crisis. And even if I didn't answer the phone, they'd threaten to show up on my doorstep. <laughs> They want you to know that I'm here. I'm here. And yeah. sometimes I don't want them, and they respect that, yeah. too. I mean, I need privacy. Totally. But they just want you to know I'm here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. The Probably the biggest thing is my relationship with my husband. I can imagine. I can't. So, we we have a wonderful relationship. So it's you got, probably, I, mean, I just want to say you and your husband met <laughs> freshman year, right, of college. Yes. At Cornell. Yes. That's beautiful. We met the first week at orientation. Yeah. So to, like, that, to me, that is so beautiful. And you've been together. So you A long time. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be 34 years. Wow. Yeah. So and to survive through this, I mean, it cannot be easy. So Yeah. We, you know, I think back, I always think back to our wedding when it's, you know, everyone we care <laughs> about in one room with the world at our fingertips. Yeah. And, you know, not only me, but all, a lot of people at that wedding went through some really tough things. And we're still here. Yeah. <laughs> we're still trucking. Yeah. You still so have each other. We still have each other. Yeah. We, um, our first, our our first bout, uh, part of the book is um, we had trouble having children, oh. which is probably book number two, yeah. and Molly's adopted. Wow, so conceiving and all of it. Yeah, so that was the first part of, oh, my God, this I did everything exactly according to plan, but why isn't this <laughs> right. happening? Yeah, right, of course. And it just made us stronger. Good. We really did, that's and great. since then we are really, really like a unit. Oh, that's, and so important, I feel like, that you guys – aren't battling each other, but instead you're, like, turning to each other as support. A team. Yeah. A really team mentality. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I do have to, you have to remember you're seeing it at, at the end uh-huh. of our arc. There was plenty of learning <laughs> between the two of us. Yes. I'm sure moments of right. frustration on both parts. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, and even now we just, um, we recover faster. Good. Yeah. And we're easier on each other. And I think that comes with just being around the block for a long time. Right. Yeah. Time. Time. Yeah. yeah. Going through it together. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I guess when Finn got diagnosed, it wasn't until later in life, right? Yes, we struggled from the first ADHD diagnosis until she was 17. She was an inpatient at Carrier Clinic here in New Jersey. And that was the first time someone was willing to use borderline personality disorder because it's an adult diagnosis. It's hard to diagnose. And And is that... So when they say that, what what do you like? Are you like in disbelief, or did you? Well, I had gone through a few things. At one point, I didn't care what the diagnosis was. Mm-hmm. I just wanted help in yeah. in, in fixing, in mm-hmm. helping her do better and feel better. And and my own ultimate goal was her for to be able to live a happy, independent life, mm-hmm. so that we could have a relationship. Yeah. yeah. She, on the other hand had wanted a diagnosis because otherwise you feel like something's really wrong with right. you. Mm-hmm. And it helps to understand that. So the diagnosis was helpful in a lot of ways. It answered, first of all, it was the first thing that fit. I mean, they had thrown around bipolar, autism, mm-hmm. Asperger's, ADHD, ADD, everything. Yeah. Nothing fit completely. You're like this doesn't really describe what's or happening. Or it's missing yeah. a big piece. Or I'd get, oh, she, she is the most severe that I've seen, those kinds of things. So borderline fit. So that was good. Yeah. It's a sad diagnosis mm-hmm. because it's it's who you are, it's your whole being. Yeah. So it it's doesn't hard to treat. It's very difficult to treat. The real reason it's difficult to treat is the primary treatment that has shown success, which really came into being right at the time Finn was diagnosed, was DBT, dialectical behavioral therapy. It requires the person with borderline to be very committed. It's it's onerous and difficult. So you're asking the person with the symptoms that can't stick to anything like that are changing. Yeah. You're asking that very person to and to stay with it. Right. Yeah, it's wow. really hard. So Finn never stuck to it. And what is that? Is that like uh, including medication and therapy, or is it just a lot of therapy? There's really no medication. Um, There's medication for coexisting conditions. Mm -hmm. So if you have anxiety, if you have depression, those kinds of things. But those are coexisting conditions. That's not not, will not treat. No. Yeah. And borderline personality disorder. I guess can you give a summary what it is in a way? Yeah, borderline personality disorder is basically your whole makeup of of who you are from start to finish and. (laughs) <laughs> it the signs of it are the biggest sign is fear of abandonment mm. so that and these things show up so every behavior I could go back to you know that shows that historically one of the reasons that I think a lot of parents didn't want to talk about it is they blame childhood oh my gosh crisis in childhood like, oh, okay gotcha like yeah. what did I do to yeah. mess you up Right. Oh, I know what you mean. That's kind of fallen by, I mean, they will say that a trauma can trigger it, okay. but that there's plenty of other factors. It doesn't have to mean a trauma happened. Yes, yeah. yes. It's part of a cluster of personality disorders that has been rewritten in the last DSM-5 or 6, which is the guidebook for psychology. I'm not a psychologist, yeah. so I don't want to be careful. Yeah, but it's evolving in a way. Yes, yeah. it's a definitely evolving. And then they talk about an unstable self-image, oh. everything, violence, risky behavior, when I first went through it, Finn displayed, you know, most of those to some things. Mood, self-harm, wow. uh, paranoia, ang- uncontrollable anger. So it's really just a very erratic life. Yeah. And, and, and a very difficult or almost impossibility to form lasting relationships oh. without constant work. Yeah. 
yeah. was, was high school a huge challenge? I mean, because, I mean, you're a teenager. You, you have a teenager. I know. Yeah, you add hormones on top of it. Emotional. Yeah. Yes. You know, tough time and, and, and especially feeling, you know, uh, self-conscious and stuff like that. Yeah. It, it, well, to that point, the, I guess the good thing is because they're very unaware of how they come off mm -hmm. to other people. But they do have... Finn did have moments of real realization what an outcast mm. she was at times, and that was sad. Yeah. 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 But high school, she was bullied mm. at her home school so badly mm. that we had this, the district was supportive and had her sent to a private high school that they paid for wow. right here in Monmouth County. And we thought that was great. We thought we found a solution and everything was going to be good. And what was shocking was when the principal said to us that even in that population, I'm going to refer to her as Molly because she was still Molly yeah. at this time, even in that population, she was more severe than others. Wow. So even there, she had trouble fitting in. Yeah. Um, and, and that became hard, and she became very distant at that time. Oh. Yeah. So that was a very, very difficult and erratic and loud time in my house. Yeah. yeah. I can't even imagine. Yeah. Yeah. That was there ever any, like, violence, like, towards your other kids or you No, but there was fear of it. Yeah. Uh, there were times that we locked our doors. Mm. There was self-harm threats that we had to put away, all the knives and things, yes. Yeah. And there was one big incident. We were having dinner one night, one New Year's Eve, and we were supposed to be having people over for a party, and something set her off. I don't know what it was. But, but it escalated quickly. Yeah. Oh, that's what would happen. And then you couldn't get back. Ooh, yeah. yeah. And she ran upstairs. She broke a window. We had to call the police. Yeah. And they would take, and they took her for safety yeah. into the hospital. But the hospital, the hospitals don't want, yeah. they didn't want to help. They sent they her home before anything. midnight. Yeah. Wow. All I know is we had to, you know, we had to then call everybody and cancel it. And mm -hmm. it was a big trauma for the rest of us. Yeah. yeah. For your whole family. Yeah. It's yeah. sad how hard it is to get the appropriate mental health help it's yes awful it's awful <laughs> and then it gets worse in adulthood well, so at 18 they basically say goodbye like you're on your own now you're on your own every service that you got from k through 12 basically is it's cut off now. is cut off wow, I, we i had crazy. no we went into a meeting at monmouth cares which provided mm -hmm. a lot of support and i thought we were just doing our regular meeting and it was our summary Wow, and that was it. And wow. then we're, and then that's a whole new navigation, right? Because now, how do we navigate this? Well, then you you're on your own, and then everything from housing to everything, everything, and wow. then and then also, they want to they she's they're eighteen. Yeah, the doctors don't want to talk to you anymore. Right. Oh. Becomes a oh, that's very, true, right? Because now she's an adult. She's, she's in charge adult. of her yeah. own medical right. care. Yeah, but now you're so then you decide, and I know that there are parents of children with borderline and, and other mental health issues that become power, power of attorney, yeah, yeah. that would have ruined our relationship. Yeah. Because you have to prove them incapable right. in court. That's, I that's never went that battle. route. Yeah. No, I couldn't do it. Yeah. Wow. And like you were saying with borderline personality disorder, there's a lot of erratic behavior, so they're not going to take the steps to be consistent in a treatment. Mm -hmm. So it's such a catch-22. Right. Because you want them to get better, but they're in charge of their destiny. Yeah. You know? But they, you can't force them to do it. Right. So, but, so you can set your own boundaries. Right. Yeah. And that's where that, that that's part to go back to the coping skills. Then it became important for 
me and us to set our boundaries. Okay, if you, you know, we're not going to support you, then you need to get a job. Mm -hmm. uh, we're right. not going to allow you to live here. Yeah. Like, yeah, and it's it's very difficult because the erratic behavior and the mood swings come with the good side, oh, with the promises right. and the begging and the I yeah. need you and, and I love you and it's all you want. Of course, yeah. But after you go back and forth enough times, you realize that you have to still set your own boundaries. Yeah. You always leave the door open. Right. And I always say, like, you know, yes, I set boundaries and I have a wall about things, but there's always a door. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, your mom. Yeah. 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 Are you, there, like, other support groups for moms who go through this, do you feel like? Or... I haven't found a lot. So I did, you know, when I started writing this book, I went onto Facebook and I found a support group for parents of children and adults with borderline because it doesn't end. Wow. It was heartbreaking. Cool. And, and, I, and I'm part of that group. Yeah. And I actually put out there that I was writing the book and the response was wonderful. But... And that's it's probably my story the over and over. It's all, it's all over the world. So no, nothing like local where you can meet other or talk to... There are some... I never did it. Yes, there are some support groups. There's NAMI, which is National Association of Mental Illness, so that's not strictly for borderline. They do some wonderful things. There's the Mental Health Association of New Jersey and Monmouth County. Oh, that's awesome. That do some things. Yeah. I was tired. I can imagine. imagine. So I didn't know if I wanted, if I could shoulder someone mm -hmm. else's story yeah. when I'm in the throes of yeah. it. Uh-huh. I know what you mean. I felt that way about the grief like stuff too like I was like I don't want to go I can't you're, you're yeah like, sometimes to it's too myself. much right yeah. Yeah. yeah some of my coping was to get away from I know. it was like yoga and running and to realize and you, there's more to you and right. your story than just having a child correct because if that became your whole world that's not good either no no yeah. so I you know I preferred to laugh good. find levity in it I mean that's definitely my family laughs a lot good. and um yeah, so you have to find the uh, the beautiful moments in life. Right. Yeah. I was thinking about what you said about what happened on New Year's. That was one story I'm sure of many, mm -hmm. and that that affects your like your whole nervous system, oh the whole gosh. family's yeah. nervous system, right? So it's yeah. like you have to do the self care. Yeah. To keep mm -hmm. yourself surviving. Right. And whatever survival. works for you. Mm -hmm. And yeah. you know, we yeah. started. I mean, this was hard. It was the first time I didn't invite Finn by now. Finn not on a trip with us. And that guilt. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, you know, and then Leo and Emily would say to me, do you think, you know, he'll ever be able to come? And I said, I, it's my biggest wish yeah. is that one day we can do that. But I don't know. Yeah. I do know that I need to have time yeah. away with my family yeah. without it being completely right. disrupted yes. or or about Finn. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Everybody, yeah. I mean, you deserve that time for you. To, yeah. 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 And you mentioned, you mentioned housing. So what... I don't know if you want to talk no, about sure. that or... Um. We tried. So I really felt trapped in my own home for a period of time. Mm -hmm. And and it got harder as he got older and didn't want to work. Or work was very erratic, uh, job after job. And there's no schedule, no school anymore, right? So schedule. No. Yeah. Uh, Finn did. Finn went to college for a year uh, at Temple wow. University. He got in... Uh, he wrote a beautiful essay. He took his SATs without studying. Wow. Um, and my husband actually was surgeon at Temple oh, wow. at the time. So so we had free tuition, which wow. was a really That's big great. thing. But yeah. it, it went downhill from yeah. the day it started. And yeah. it was just going to class, keeping yeah. up with things. And they had great support. But again... You can't make them do it. Finn had to 
seek out the support himself. Yeah. And he made, you know, he, within two weeks, the uh, roommates that he was placed with weren't working. So oh. we went down there and we moved him into his own place. And then he did make a, a friend there who, who he was friends with for a long time after. But some of Finn's friends become more of obsessions. Oh. So it becomes a difficult friendship. And, and uh, Finn adapted a lot of things about this lifestyle that became difficult. Yeah. I'll just say that. So then he came home and then we went he went to beauty school and finished that. So wow. yeah, so all of that so Great. it was always like exciting mm. and then wouldn't take the test for certification oh. because his hands were shaking, which is a valid thing from all the yeah. medication. Yeah. So then that stopped. And then, then he worked at Wawa and Acme, and it got shorter and shorter. Yeah. And then one day he said, I'm, I'm moving. At that time, we had been looking on a wait list at Easter Seals, mm. to that which is... In Monmouth County, right? Yeah. yeah. Never, ever was called. Wow. For, for years, we've still been oh. <laughs> It didn't matter, because I don't know if he was going to go. And so there's really nothing. There's a lot of... Housing for, it seems to me, at least from my research, that there's housing for autistic children mm. or an autistic adults, but not for just m severe mental illness. Oh. And there's not a lot to do with them yeah. at that point. So, so when he came to us and said, I'm moving to West Virginia, I met a friend and I'm going down there, we were kind of like, what are we going to do? Uh -huh. She was about 23 at the time. Wow. So he went down, he had a job, went through several jobs, and uh, ended up having a falling out with that one friend. But then he met Zach, and they have been together ever since. Wow. This is a long relationship, and he's living in West Virginia, um, but has not worked, still supporting. <laughs> he ha And he's eligible and should get Social Security oh, disability good. benefits, but he keeps getting rejected oh. um, because... He's applying as uh, with physical ailments oh. because part of what they do is they can create ailments that may or may not be there. So there's no consistency. Right. If he would just apply as through the mental right. side. And not like a physical condition. Sure. Yeah. sure. Uh. So anyway, he's living in West Virginia. And um, I mean, I would say things are good between us right now. I've accepted that he really doesn't belong in New Jersey. It's not a yeah. friendly place for him. It yeah. has bad memories. Wow. And so, yeah. At, at what point um, did Molly start thinking about turning to Finn? I know I bounce back and forth yeah. um, out of respect. Yeah. Um, so transitioning is a tough topic for parents of children with borderline. Mm -hmm. I want to explain that. Because of their shifting self-identity, there's now studies saying that there are people that go back and forth. Mm -hmm. So as a parent of a child with borderline, when she first said to us, I'm, I'm a man, I'm I wanted identifying as a man, our first reaction was, this is just one more thing. I know, is this right. the illness? Is this the illness? Is this real? I hadn't seen it. I hadn't, you know, and, and at that point, she vehemently said, we missed it, and, you know, we were terrible parents of for course, missing it. How right. could we miss it? She, she dressed as Harry Potter, not Hermione. <laughs> How did we not realize well. it? So I have to be very careful because, first of all, I think it's real for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I want right. to say that. I don't yeah. disagree with it. I don't, and and he's now been living as a man for 
probably six or seven years. Oh, wow. And if he wants to live as a man for the rest of his life and it makes him happy, then Go I'm all supportive. Yes. Yes. Right. He hasn't been on hormones for three or four years now. Yeah. Just because my feeling was you find a therapist, you work with that therapist for a year because as mm -hmm. I understand it, that's what's supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. And then that therapist will tell us that this is really where you belong and then we'll yeah. talk about helping you with the physical yeah. part of transitioning. Yeah. So that's never yeah. happened. Okay. Yeah, but again, it's like, I guess, just honoring them for yeah. who they, their journey, what they're mm -hmm. going through. Right. Correct. Yeah. And that's, you know, and that's, so in the book, I refer to him as Molly mm -hmm. up until the transitioning point and then I'm going to switch pronouns. And I spoke about that with Finn. Yeah. And he agreed that that was an okay way to handle Appropriate. it. Appropriate. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's amazing that you have gone through so much and that you, you know, have talked about it and still finding joy in life. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I think that's beautiful. And it's amazing that you are writing this memoir. Like, uh, um, has it been, like, a, obviously a long process, right? It's a long process because, uh, as I mentioned, those initial 170 pages seem to be just the beginning mm -hmm. to yeah. my publisher. <laughs> so I've been, she's wanted me to add sections, um, a lot of places where I've told stories, she wants me to show it, which is much more painful and difficult to go back to some of those yeah. stories. Yeah. But I've done it, and I think we're we're complete with the writing now, yeah. and now we're going to be going through the, the editing. editing and the structuring. That's and, awesome. Yeah. Do you have an excerpt? I do. Share with us? Yeah, sure. I'd love to hear it. Yeah. So this, let me just tell you, this is when Molly was first living away from home and would come home, I always hoped what I always hoped yeah. about. Okay. So now Molly's an adult when you, like in your viewpoint yes. of this yes. excerpt. Yeah. yeah. I always think it will be different. I hope, but it never is. All I can do is prepare and then dig my heels in to get through it. Protecting myself by removing any kind of emotion from the visit has become almost automatic, but not something I ever get used to. It is not who I am and it feels stiff and unnatural, yet safe and comfortable in an alarmingly too familiar way. After all, she's 24 and I'm her mother. I get ready for her visit by reviewing the boundaries I've set up and making empty promises to myself about maintaining them. Like a sleepwalker, I go through the motions, remaining as numb as possible, thinking how sad it is to feel the need to lock up valuables, change the garage codes, and replace the new white quilt with an old worn-out comforter is just too painful. Before I know it, she arrives. Like a tornado, she blows into the house, her cone of destruction immediately creating chaos. The air feels heavier, and I'm almost dizzy, trying to maintain a semblance of order. She arrives mid-sentence, her own nerves palpable. Once so close, the sadness at our mutual discomfort blows through me. Her words don't make sense. She rambles about nonsensical topics without taking a breath until I am trapped in her turmoil. I breathe and try to remain calm and observe. Deep in her illness, she personifies her chaos by wearing dirty clothes that don't fit and carrying all her belongings as if in a shelter. She moves continuously, leaving a trail of clothing in her path. As her tails spin faster, I am reminded of the mental illness that has robbed her. I feel the familiar pit in my stomach and the pain I work so hard to keep at bay is once again front and center. My eyes fill as I think of the little girl who used to stroke my cheek when she thought I fell asleep in bed reading her just one more chapter of Junie B. Jones, and I hope maybe it will be different this time. We sit down to the takeout boxes of Thai food now cold. She opens hers and without a thank you begins shoveling her food into her mouth. 
I can smell her from my seat, but I bite my tongue. Instead, I paced on a smile and listened to her tales, trying to make a connection I still yearn for. I listened to Howie and the twins asking her polite questions, feeling the crunch of those familiar eggshells beneath our feet. Before long, I feel the tendrils of exhaustion, and my hope that this time would be different quietly shifts to hopes that the visit will pass quickly and without incident. Wow. So. That was, thank you for being so vulnerable. Like, I could yeah. feel you, your pain mm -hmm. as a mom when you reference her being younger. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's, yeah. yeah. I could see the table. Yeah. Down, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah so, uh, yeah, so that's at a time when she's deep in her illness. Um, and I could feel how hard it is for you and yeah. your family, everybody walking on eggshells and just... Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, thank you for sharing that story because yeah. I feel like so many women go through this, they feel alone. And then obviously to hear your story, to know I'm not alone, is just going to help so many people. That's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping to create a conversation and then continue that conversation because... We hear so much now, especially post-COVID, how mental illness mm -hmm. has grown in, in our children and our schools. So with, if you think about it, with every child that has any kind of mental illness, there's a mom and yeah. or a caregiver back right. there struggling. Yeah. And I, I thought about it at the beginning of school. That's drowning. Yeah. And yeah. getting ready. For, everything is heightened. Yeah. Every stressful event in a life of a mom without that's stressful enough yeah. is heightened. I, I mean, as I'm getting ready for Thanksgiving right now, I think about what it used to be like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. like your nervous system, like Sue was saying, like, mm -hmm. what, uh, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's, it's definitely. Yeah. Do you have Finn over for the holidays? This is the first year in years that he's coming with okay. Zach, okay. but the boundaries are clear. Mm -hmm. He's, we put him up in a hotel. Okay not allowed to sleep in our house anymore and um, he's invited for Thanksgiving dinner yeah. and we talk about it it's not adverse it's not confrontational yeah. when we talk about it it's we're both very we're very open with each other Good. it's not just to protect me and my family it's also so that he can be successful yeah right, right. You know? right. To, don't to send him up an for individual, failure. you know yeah you know mm -hmm. it's hard and stressful for a person with borderline to act in a normal, what we consider a mm -hmm. normal social setting structure. Mm -hmm. right. So to have, you know, every time, think about if you walk up to a group of people, how simple or, you know, maybe you have some anxiety, but to say hello and become part of the conversation. It's impossible for them. It is so difficult. I can only equate it to someone with alcoholism that every single day they have to struggle <sighs> with maintaining right. their sobriety. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Every single day, someone mm -hmm. with borderline has to struggle with maintaining and keeping their relationships and keeping themselves so that they fit into a society that doesn't accept right. these behaviors that are part of their makeup. And that's right. a struggle. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And thank you for bringing awareness because I feel like we hear so much about other mental illnesses, depression, bipolar. Well, just like ha the quick, you know, diagnosis of ADD or ADHD, yes. you know, that's just as an easy like. Well, mm, thankfully, you steps. were involved enough and you really got pushed for the right diagnosis because, like you said, this is a hard one to diagnose. And I think it's easy for people to just kind of let it go and yeah. let it just click a different label that like oh, right. it's kind of fits, you know, right and then push yeah. it off 
And you have to stay on it in yeah. the schools. And you have to, you know, what I would get, what I give, I, I do get calls from people. I'm, I'm kind of that friend. Oh, are you worried about your child? Let me give you Stacy's number. Because oh. <laughs> you've talked, I'm sure, a lot. Yeah, of lots okay. of lots of people. Yeah. So, you know, you have to be, when they're younger, you have to be their advocate yeah. as much as possible mm-hmm. because, and, and I've always gone at it from a, you know, we're both on the same page. We're trying to help Molly and then Finn be successful, so why not give her the supports? Mm-hmm. And in middle school, the first time um, she threatened suicide and went into the hospital, it was because it the trigger was something about homework. Something small. That Something small. Yeah. And she never had trouble with her classes. Yeah. And I looked at the principal in the meeting after she was out of the hospital, and I said, why does she need to do homework right now? Can't mm-hmm. we? And, you know, teachers were, most of them were 100% on board. There was one teacher that was like, well, because everyone else has to. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm hoping now I'm not in the schools, and maybe you guys, I think the schools are a little bit more supportive yeah. and accommodating with things like that. Mm-hmm. So far, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, things yeah. are evolving. Good. So I, I hope and I feel like this is the right time for this conversation, too. Well, yeah, especially yeah. after COVID because everybody does talk about the mental illness. Yes. And I feel like we need to keep talking about it, keep brainstorming mm-hmm. ways to make it better for the children, ways to make it better for the parents, ways to make it better for society. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not a life sentence for unhappiness. Yes. Oh, it's, my gosh. And you're because I love that you said you could still find joy with going away and being with your yeah. husband. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving. I'm really ahead. excited yeah. to see Finn. Yay. I, you know, I, I we've been talking every day. Aww. And that's, that's awesome. great. Yeah. And writing your book. And I think it's so beautiful. Thank you. Did you go to Cornell to write? Is that what you studied there? Uh, yes and no. <laughs> no, I, I went. I, I have always been a writer. I have always written. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to Cornell. I majored in human development and family studies. Oh, wow. And then, <laughs> there you go. And halfway through, I became mostly a communications major. Cool. Okay. Um, so, and then I did marketing and a lot of website development and freelance writing and things over the years. And my, the last thing um, I did before COVID is I was doing freelance marketing for small businesses. Right. So my last job, I was working for a friend who uh, owns a private investigative firm. Oh, and that was fun. That so I was doing really <laughs> So I was doing her blogging and oh, that's website. Awesome. That's and, really yeah, cool. So that was fun. Lisa. That's awesome. Well, it's nice to also see um, a mom boss, you know, who is pursuing, you know, even though it's uh, you're sharing a difficult story about your life, your personal life, and your family, you know, you're also doing something that you love and brings joy mm-hmm. you know. for you. Yeah. 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 No, it feels good. I hadn't thought about the speaking as much when I wrote the book. And then after the first time I spoke and I realized the impact that. Other, everyone being able to tell their story has now uh, my publisher Jen and I are kind of it's become concurrent mm-hmm. that we're kind it. of building both it, about it. the speaking and the book and yeah. the book becomes the support for the yeah, other I love it. so if, where can people find you learn more about you this story you can email me at stacyrossspeaks at gmail.com awesome and I'm working on a website that will be up soon that will be stacyrossspeaks.com Awesome. And this book is uh, hopefully going to be coming out next year? Yeah, fall of 24, awesome. and it's called Searching for Slippers because I've been spending my whole adult life waiting for the other shoe to drop. Oh. It was always a heavy, big boot. I was right. It did yeah. drop. So now I'm, I've always been searching for more lightness. I love that. 
Now when it drops, it's just a little bit lighter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you've adapted. <laughs> Thank you for being so vulnerable and open today and sharing your story. We really appreciate it. Definitely. Thank you. Yeah. So Thank yeah. you so Thank much. Thank yeah. you for Amazing. having me. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. Make sure to like and subscribe. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. Week.